Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are Wednesday night in the NBA here, Nate, with a pretty decent slate for us to choose from. Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We've got a couple game videos and our player props video as we do each and every weekday of this regular season. In this one, we're taking a look at the Knicks play and host to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, make sure you check all that out. Nate has everything you need for this game and more on thelines.com as well, including all of those player props picks that he places up there, uh, where we also have our great odds. Finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best juice back as you are making these bets on the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this slate and then talk Hawks and Knickerbockers. Yeah, lots to lots to monitor for injury news per usual. The Clippers are minus seven at the Magic. Uh, already ruled a few veterans out, but Kawhi and PG TBD. We'll see if they keep playing here. Uh, the Lakers are plus ten now at Toronto. Josh told you to bet on that at line as soon as it came up. Now it might be a little too late because Anthony Davis is back on his bullshit, yeah. leaving after eight minutes to screw uh, the Lakers bet there last night. The Hornets plus 10 at Nets. The Hawks, a game we're going to talk about here, plus two at the Knicks with a total of 232. Pistons plus 10 at the Pelicans. The Wiz plus five and a half at Bulls. Thunder plus seven at Grizz. Kings plus seven at Bucks. Pacers plus five at Wolves. Warriors plus seven and a half. At the Jazz. And then the Celtics are minus two at the Suns. That's the other game we'll break down for you in our separate video here. But looking at Hawks and Knicks, uh, two teams that are uh, really struggling on offense right now. Uh, <clears throat> the Knicks have been competitive. I mean, they, I'm looking at the 11-game sample here since they gave a, a historic 145 to OKC. And it's just completely uncharacteristic of a Tom Thibodeau team. They're only five and six against the spread in that span, but it's been a pretty tough stretch. And some of those losses, like close loss to Memphis, overtime loss to Portland, they really did battle down the stretch. It looked pretty good. And they're coming off a, you know, a shutdown performance of Donnie Mitchell and the Cavs, which is, you know, showing you where their defense is at right now in their last three Sixth in defensive efficiency, fifth in free throws allowed, eighth in three-point deep, fourth in paint points, even better than that on the year in paint points. Slow, slow pace, 96.5 in those three since the collapse against OKC, uh, pace under 98. So they're seven and four to the under. They went under in four straight right after that one, and they've gone under in their last three. The matchup with Atlanta tends to go under for sure. Eight of the last 10 have gone under when these teams meet. The only overs uh, did not get to 230, though, 228, 225. This one was at 233. It's getting a little bit of juice bet down here. The last eight meetings have had a pace of just 92 and a half, Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta scoring just 104. Atlanta won the first one this season at MSG uh, by 13, total of 211. Knicks had a 99 offensive rating, almost a you know a one and a half to one. Assist to turnover ratio. Trey Young really struggled. Um, DeJounte Murray picked him up. And and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett both struggled. Uh, but I, I, I'm i looking at that to turn around because they, they were being guarded by John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, right. who are both out for the Hawks here. Uh, the Hawks have just been, eh, I mean, just like not, <laughs> you know, it looks nice in the box score when Trey and, right. and DJ get, like 30 points each, but that that is not, they're not playing winning basketball right now. Yeah. 
Uh, Jalen Johnson and AJ Griffin are promising young players, but throwing them in there instead of those two guys who are out, I think spells trouble for this, for a Knicks team. That's just much tougher than them down low right now. And you look at their recently, I mean, on the season, allowing the fifth most paint points, allowing the third most free throws. That's exactly how New York is going to try to score, right? Mm -hmm. Both these teams suck from beyond the line. Uh, I mean, that's why you look at the under two. I mean, I mean, neither team is getting to the free throw line that consistently. Neither team can hit a three. And that's really where both defenses are vulnerable, right? Is is giving up the three when the other team is able to to work it around. So I think there's a reason we've seen under an eight of the last 10 here, uh, which when these teams meet. And I, I think that you're going to see the Knicks keep it kind of, you know, what'd you call it? A slobber knocker. Yeah. That's how they have to play under Thibodeau. And I think since that that collapse against OKC on a Sunday a few weeks ago, they have been playing Tom Thibodeau ball. And that means definitely not 230 totals. Yeah, I think everything that you're saying is fair. If you're the Knicks, you're, you're looking to make this uh, a slobber knocker, uh, you know, a really just a, a sort of grotesque. 90s style basketball bring it back um bring back charles oakley charles smith and patrick ewing uh for this game because it's i think that's the way that they have to play to beat this team i think they know that you mentioned both these teams are just so bad beyond the arc um and so there's really nothing to to look at i mean the 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 hawks do limit teams in terms of their uh their three-pointers made and their three points attempted they're pretty good there um but it's it's really down low that it seems like they're continuing to struggle um points in the paint and opponents points in the paint for the knicks both in the top five uh, which is something that I think, you know, is, is going to be an issue for pretty much Clint Capella down there at this point. Um, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins not being healthy, continuing not to be healthy. I mean, DeAndre Hunter not being healthy is, is the story of his career at this point after he came out looking like he was going to be really promising. And he really did, you know, when you look at the games that he's playing in and what their, uh, you know, their ability to limit the, the, the uh, opponent around the, the, the wing and even to a degree down low as he is playing a lot of four, uh, for has been playing a lot of four for them. And when he and John Collins are in there together, uh, and that small ball line, that's a pretty formidable 4-5 with, with versatility in there. They don't have it, and, and DeAndre Hunter can't stay on the floor. John Collins, even when he has stayed on the floor somewhat this season, hasn't been utilized, uh, continuing to have a super low usage rate, which was somewhat to be expected. I don't think DeJounte Murray coming through was going to mean more shots necessarily for John Collins, which has been the case this year, not not getting the ball. Um, and like you said, it's if, if Trey and, and DeJounte are going to continue to have 30 and 40-point games together, fine, um, but nobody else is scoring. <laughs> when you look at the way that they lost to the Rockets, uh, when both those guys combined for 75 points, and then you look at the the distribution of points through you know the only two other people in, in double figures in that game uh, in a really really bad loss that they were actually up by 16 in the third quarter so there there just doesn't seem to be a lot of sort of like uh, gusto with this team I know it's not really a measurable statistic here but when you when you watch them play uh, especially on offense the way that Trey's uh, is is sort of taking the air out of the ball a little bit more than I think this team would prefer plus his three point shooting is just way down right now as well and if Trey's three point shooting is down this team's three point shooting to be down especially when Boyan uh, has failed to bogey, excuse me, Bogdan has failed to get in there. I never get it right. Bogdan by Boyanovich has, has just gotten back on the court two games ago and is obviously still trying to find a rhythm, barely getting 20 minutes a game. Um, so yeah, everything, for, I, I, I don't have as much for the Knicks because they're just so goddamn inconsistent and I don't know when they're going to come out and play defense. But the points that you've been making about the way that they've been playing um, in their last three, and we're talking about, you know, three games um, that were at home, they handle business against the Cavs. The Bucks and Mavs were, you know, the, I hate 
Sunday basketball, by the way, that, that Mavs game. You, we're, none, of, none of us are watching it, the NBA on Sunday at like 12.30 p.m. Um, but that's when the Mavs went and handled the Knicks 121 to 100. And, and that comes down to, um, you know, once a, a paint defense. Luka got in there. Uh, he shot like he shot nine field goals from inside three feet, did Luka. Uh, and it, that's that's where they're done, right? That, that's where you're toast at that point. If, if they have uh, a, a sort of an opposing guard who can back them down or a versatile player uh, who can sort of be 6'8", 6'9", but still dribble the ball, back you down, or take you going to the basket, that's when the Knicks are a lot more in trouble. They don't have John Collins, and they don't have uh, DeAndre Hunter, the two guys that they would be looking to do that. Um, and that's where the Knicks are become a little bit more vulnerable is around that 3-4 uh, position. If you look at who, who scores the most of their points against the Knicks, it's from those positions as Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein even have been really good down low, including Julius Randle's defense down low as well when you look at their, their all their individual defensive ratings. That's why they're protecting the paint so well. If, if they can't get to the paint, then they're just going to need to step out. Uh, you know, the, Then the Hawks are going to have to continue to step backwards uh, and get their shots outside the paint. If they can keep keep Trey out of the paint, then I continue to love uh, them to be able to, to, to hang in this game. But definitely the, the under, as you said, none of these games hitting 230 uh, over their last eight or so. So you got to feel pretty good that that, that trend continues uh, at the Garden tonight. And a trend we're looking to, to kind of normalize is the Hawks' home road splits. This season in a smaller sample size, right, they're, they're tending to go over more on the road and score more on the road. But the pace is faster at home. And the key stat here is they allow the second most pain points at home, but on the road, slightly below league average. So, uh, you know, they're not going to be giving it up that easy against the Knicks down low is basically what I translate to that. And then their offense is rough down the stretch because they're not getting the line. They're not hitting threes. So it's just like, where do you turn? And that's why they have the fourth fewest points per game in the fourth quarter. You want to translate that to an under, great, a live under, or just the Hawks losing. Um, maybe you want to combine that with the Knicks, the Knicks winning with solid D down the stretch because, look, the Hawks are 6-21 last season as road dogs. They're two, they're off to a 2-5 and five start as road dogs. Only slight dogs here, but maybe they should be bigger because – I mean that the Knicks are inconsistent. The Hawks have been inconsistent against yeah. an easy schedule. Yeah. Like uh and, and Trey particularly in in his last eight road games, I mean, this is pretty consistent with the larger sample size of last year. His his efficiency's fallen off a cliff on the road. Um one oh seven offensive rating, minus fifteen plus minus four and a half turnovers per game, and not playing great defense either. So I I, I think the Knicks they've they've been through a little bit more of a gauntlet. Recently, almost beat the Bucks at home. Um, they, you know, the, facing the Mavs is always tough, depending on how they're shooting. So I, I think that they, they're a team I'm willing to trust a little bit more if you are going to bet one side here. Yeah, and, and you want to believe a little bit more, uh, as we say, for the Knicks on the, in, on the inverse of that, that their defense is going to come back to life a little bit more at home, which it has, uh, you know, not with not not uh, including giving up 121 to the Mavs on that Sunday game that I said, um, you know, all the other games prior to their last two at home, as, as we're talking about, or last three that, that you really were talking about, the Bucks and Cavs games being their sort of their best uh, performances there, keeping the Bucks to 109, limiting the Cavs to 81 points, um, and, and having that defense kind of come back to earth, because it's not been great at home. Their offense has been better at home, um, seven more points per game really uh, than when they're on the road, but their road offense is just absolutely putrid, so it's not really saying much about it. Uh, I think we can start to feel a little bit better about their defense at home. There's no way that Tibbs uh, is going to play anybody that that allows uh, the sort of performance that they had uh, against OKC that the other week. So, And then the game we get to here, Celtics minus two and a half now at the Suns, creeping up a little bit. 
The total down one point from when I last checked at 230 and a half. I also do want to I do want to interrupt because if anybody is wondering, Nate, uh, nobody's playing for the the Warriors tonight. Make sure you check out who's in the lineup. Wiggs, Curry and Draymond, uh, all three are out for them. <laughs> Classic. And that's kind yeah. of relevant to what we're talking about here. This is the third game of a six game road trip for the Celtics who play the Warriors on Saturday. That is their one trip to the Warriors after losing in the finals last season. So, I mean, this has a little bit of a trap game vibe uh, and not that the Suns are a team you're going to overlook, but it's just not as important. And we talked about in the context of them winning in Toronto on a back-to-back that, look, they're going to have to pick, they're going to need to win the games that are winnable on this really tough six-game road trip. Uh, and they're going to lose at least one, right? I mean, then after that Warriors game, they're back-to-back, at the L.A. teams. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the Celtics just they can't literally win every game the rest of the season. I was saying the last time we did a video, like if you blindly clicked, you'd be right most of the time. Yeah. But I think we're going to try to go the opposite way here. Zig and zag with the Phoenix Suns, who are coming off a bad, bad loss of their own and might get Chris Paul back for the first time in a long time. Uh, he's been upgraded to questionable. He'd been pretty much ruled out. For a while, and this is their one home game before a four-game road trip, including two in a row at NOLA, uh, which is a really tough matchup for them uh, with Grand Theft Alvarado playing the way he is. But looking particularly at this matchup, I mean, the Suns have won two in a row at home against Boston and really shut down the Celtics' offense. And that's not that surprising considering how they guard the three-point line, how they limit and, you know, assist to field goal, assist to turnover ratio at home this season, third lowest percentage of points given up off threes. And Boston in those last two trips, they shot just 30 percent from three, uh, had an average 16 to nine assist to turnover ratio, 98 offensive rating. And the games totaled 191 both times. So, again, looking at the under here, which has been bet down a tiny bit, but I think 230 or higher, you can take it. Uh, you could also tease the Suns up to plus six at home and take the under. Uh, I think they can win this game for sure, though, and and I like them if Chris Paul's out there. The Celtics should have everybody. Brogdon should be back. Um, but, I mean, their defense has kind of tipped back up while their offense has tipped down a little bit. I mean, there's nowhere to go but down when you're shooting 41% from three, which would be an NBA record if they can maintain that along with their offensive rating. Uh, but it's a tough matchup for the three ball. It's a good matchup for their defense, though, right? Because uh, they they limit free throws. They they limit assist to turnover ratio. And uh, on the road in particular, number three in two-point percentage allowed, which is how the Suns score. They, they're not the best three-point shooting team. They are the mid-range kings. Um <clears throat> And I'm looking at the Suns to win, though, because because of the bounce back spot, uh, because of how they perform at home and with a slight rest advantage here, 25 and six with a rest advantage since 20 since 2021, six and one after a loss this season. Those games have gone under 21 and nine to the under after a loss since the start of last season. So I think the Suns bring a defensive effort would be nice if they have Torrey Craig out there. He's questionable to stick on Tatum. But you look at it from a coaching and team perspective, what each team has been able to do to the other star. Because if you're taking a Suns over, it's because Devin Booker is just going to have a mind-blowing efficiency yeah. night, right? And his last three against Boston, sheesh, 18 points per game, 
36% from the floor, 18% from deep, 93 rating. And then Tatum's last three against the Suns, yeah. 21 points per game on a 93 offensive rating. So they both have a good good recipe for slowing down the other team's uh, superstar. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think under is the, the, the play here to feel safe, uh, to feel good about it, because this game could still kind of go either way, uh, in my opinion. You're going to need a complete dud from the Celtics for them to not be hanging in pretty much every game that they're playing this season. Um, if they play even close to as well as they can play, uh, especially on offense right now, they're going to be hanging around at the very least, if not winning uh, the majority of, of the games that they're playing. The the road splits for them, I think you can lean a little bit towards the under as well. I know the Suns are, are just an efficient offensive machine at home. It's kind of wild how good they are uh, at home on offense um, and, and not quite the same team on defense. They are, uh, in terms of their uh, their defense uh, at home for, for the um, – for the the Suns, it's much better than on the road as well. So I mean, there's there's a reason that they're twelve and two at home this season and just four and six on the road. Whereas with the Celtics, like yeah, they're not as good on offense on the road, <laughs> but that's because you can't score one hundred and twenty six points per game every building you play in. They're just leaving that for home, I guess. Playing, uh, it's beating teams by an average of like eleven and a half points a game right now at home. On the road, they're still winning. They're nine and three, winning by by an average of five points per game. Their three point percentage only dips uh, to thirty nine point seven from forty point seven when they're uh, on the road versus at home. And that Phoenix defense is all about limiting threes, right? It's it's if they're not if they're giving them up, their their percentage that they allow is like thirty seven percent to to their opponent, the Suns. So it's not like they're limiting teams' makes. They're just limiting their attempts, and that's why their makes are down to the top like six in the league, right? Like they're they're only allowing like eleven made threes a game um, but that's because they're only allowing 30 attempts a game whereas the Knicks being dead last are allowing 40 attempts a game right from three so if you can we've, we've said it this season we've said it talking about different teams who um, have sort of accepted the three-point barrage that's happening in the NBA and they they just go we're not going to try to stop you from making every single one we just need to make sure you don't shoot as many uh, as as when you get down low um, and that's kind of their their philosophy on offense as well I mean they will take the three-pointer if it's there but they're definitely looking to move the ball around get Devin Booker in space and then allow him to cook especially when Chris Paul's not in there um I just I think you have too much for for the Celtics you talked about the slight turnaround on defense for them as well and that's going to be you know pretty huge in this game if, if they if they want to go uh toe-to-toe with uh the, the Suns they can but I think that they realize that you know if they, they're not if they're not going to be able to shoot as many threes as they want then they have to play a little bit better defense right because if you're not going to get the same style of play on offense that they've been getting space pace and space and just threes a barrage of threes because nobody can stay in front of both of these guys at the same time in terms of JB uh, and Jason Tatum, then yeah, you're going to have guys open on the wing. And, and I think they'll get, you know, they'll, they'll have a few more threes than maybe most teams against the Suns, but that limiting uh, factor for them, I think is huge in, in how that, you know, they'll play on offense. The other thing that I would add to allow uh, to, to feel good about the, the under here is sort of the, the way that, um, you know, Phoenix limits um, and, and they get a lot of points of turnovers and they limit things like that. But so do the Celtics, they get back on defense. Uh, we've talked about their transition defense being really, really, really good, um, getting back and limiting points off turnovers, which is what the Suns want to do is get points off turnovers. Second chance points as well. I give a little bit of advantage, obviously, to Phoenix without Rob Will in there, um, but I think that's okay as well when when Boston's two-point defense continues to be as good as it is in uh, inside the arc and inside 15 feet even in terms of uh, opponents' points in the paint. So, yeah, I, 
I'm not really going to, to bet against the Celtics yet. Uh, I know that this would be the moment to sort of get ahead of it. But the fact that Booker doesn't play well, and that's going to, you know, if Tatum doesn't play well, there's plenty of options. Booker doesn't play well. I don't, I'm not really sure I want to rely on campaign to be the focal point of the offense. You're right. I mean, if Chris Paul is not playing, I don't think you feel super confident about the Suns winning this game. But they are great at home. Uh, there are plenty of numbers to suggest that they will bounce back from a loss. Um, and you talked about their defense and, and DeAndre Ayton being the kind of big man that it's, t- it's tough to get in rotation and tough to beat um, on those pick and rolls. And he has a great defensive rating his last few against Boston. Interesting that they haven't really faced Boston since the uh, Boston became a monster at the turn of the year last year. Um, they're, the Celtics actually like one of their few wins while they were still while they still sucked at the end of 2021 was against Phoenix at home uh, towards yeah. the end of that year. Um, but yeah, so I mean, some of their awful offensive numbers are partly because they 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 couldn't get it together. But yeah, at the same time, I think that's why Chris Paul plays. I think that's why mm-hmm. the Suns come out and Mikel Bridges takes on the challenge of guarding Tatum and Brown and, and that they're going to bounce back here. So, yeah, I mean, really just kind of kind of having some fun with it, trying to predict the Celtics um, decline here. But I think if you're if you're serious about the bet here and you want to put some some heavy units, I think under makes a lot more sense when you talk about all those home road splits. And the fact the Celtics are 11 and two to the over at home and now three and eight to the under on the road going under by one point in Toronto. Also going to. Uh, would have gone under in three straight if not for that Jalen Brown miracle bank. They would have averaged just 214 total in their last three games here. So I think under is a good play. Yeah, uh, agreed. And, and lastly, I would say if Chris Paul does play, I, I like the under more as well. Um, with him, they have 107 defensive rating in 14 games this season. Without him in 10 games, they've got 115.5 defensive rating. So eight more points per 100 possessions that they're giving up when, when CP3 is not on the floor, in part because of that that defense at the top of the key. Um, and he knows when to hound guys. Also, um, because of the fact that uh, in that fourth quarter when he's in there, it's just slowed all the way down. Uh, and, and they're basically like a soccer team who's just keeping possession uh, before they you know sort of put an efficient bucket up. So that, that, that also helps slow the game down in the fourth quarter when, when he's in there. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, our MVP last year, DeMar DeRozan, and um, he's back home after a six-game road trip where he was lighting it up again. Um, 30% usage rate, 26 points per game. Nice peripherals, two, five rebounds and six assists. Now, if you have some pause about the home road splits this season, they are pretty stark. Uh, 21 points at home versus 28 on the road. Usage rate drops by 3%, but look at last season. It was almost the exact same numbers when you get a larger sample size here. 
I don't think he's a guy who's that affected or affected at all by the atmosphere, really. It's just a question of whether the Bulls are going to be in a close game. Um, this one, five-point spread, but I think the matchup is really good for him because the Wizards, they try to limit three-point attempts. They try to limit paint points, and they leave the mid-range open. And that's why DDR is averaging 29 points along with six rebounds, six and a half assists. On, on a big usage rate, his last five against the Wiz and his last two, again, they were on the road, though, in Washington, 32 points per game, 39% usage. Um, so I like his 25 and a half points, which is a much better price at FanDuel than DraftKings. That's that's kind of where you find the value. I don't mind the PRA, though, at any site, which is only nine more in terms of the rebounds assists. Uh, Washington has been bad all over the place. They have the they have a 123 defensive rating their last six and given up a ton of production on the wing in that span. Yeah, I, I feel it. I, I'm never going to tell you not to take DDR um, in this situation. The Bulls, I, I hate watching the Bulls, and I hate watching the Bulls Wizards, and I'm not going to. Um, but if, if you've got an opportunity um, to get some points up on, on the Wizard and the Wizards right now, that defense has definitely fallen off of a cliff. So I uh, feel pretty good about that. Uh, I'm going to go first here with my first one being Ant Edwards. Uh, feeling pretty comfortable with him. I'm going all PRA in this one, 35 and a half for him uh, in a game that's going to have a lot of possessions uh, as they're playing the uh, Indiana Pacers. These are the two teams with the fastest lineups uh, in the NBA this season. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is still out, uh, which is a big reason. I mean, Torian Prince is out as well. He's been out for a bit. Um, There's a big reason that uh, I feel good about Ant's uh, production tonight. Uh, The last two games without Cat, you know, versus Memphis versus OKC, uh, 27.5 points a game, 4.5 assists, 3 boards. Um, All those numbers down with him. Actually gets a few more boards with with Cat out there, um, probably boxing out for Ant to get in and get those rebounds, but four more minutes a game, uh, pretty much the same usage, but still very high at about 27, 28% this season. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's a game against Indiana that he's going to be the focal point of their offense as he was versus Memphis and OKC where he, you know, got uh, compiled the, the 55, uh, points that he's got in those two games. Um, and their defense is just bad. I mean, over their last 10, especially they're allowing 118 points a game to their opponents, 115 on the season as a total fifth, most rebounds allowed to their opponent. They allow uh, a ton of, uh, stats to, to the opposing shooting guards as well. Fourth most points per game, fifth most assists per game to those two, to that position. Um, and like I said, with just the amount of possessions that you have tonight and a guy like Ant, who's going to continue to try to score uh, either around the rim and been putting up about eight or nine free throw attempts a game uh, over his last three or four, uh, you feel good about the usage and the opportunity for him to get at least like 27, 28 points. And then you feel good about about four and four there for the, for the rebounds and assists. Yeah, I mean, he's a pure scorer, and he's been lighting it up since he played Indiana, which is interesting. They held him below 20, but also since then, their defense has been even worse, and they're giving up something like five threes to shooting guards in the last seven. Uh, so actually, two and a half three-pointers is his prop. Silly minus 150 on the over, but if you can move that up one or find it at a better price somehow, uh, I would definitely take Ant to hit four threes or more here in this matchup. That's a good call. Um, tough matchup, it would seem, for Demonis Sabonis and the Kings, but their offense is, is traveling. It's good everywhere, uh, and he's actually been a little more productive on the road, again, because they get into closer games. They're, they're seven-point dogs here in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee had, had been targeting recently, saying that, look, their interior defense is, is bound to regress. It was the best in the league by far, 
It's not been as good the last couple of weeks. They're actually giving up the six most paint points in their last three. They're giving up the uh, second most assists to power forwards. And Sabonis is a guy who can fill up the peripheral stats and has recently against Milwaukee, uh, 22-5-7. When he was with SAC, uh, he had 37 rebounds his previous three with the Pacers. So he's not a guy I just want to take the pure points. Um, he can have such unique lines, if you will. 17 and a half rebounds assists is good. 11 and a half rebounds gets you plus money or the, the full PRA package uh, in his last six, averaging um, in what adds up to 35 PRA. And that's where his props at. His lowest output was in a blowout win at the Clippers. Uh, where he still had 24 points and just only played 26 minutes. So on the road this season, those those PRA numbers go up to uh, 36. His usage rate goes up to 22%. And I, I think, he, you know, he'll be boarding up enough uh, against the Bucks offense that isn't that great and therefore is 19th in, in the defensive rebounds allowed on the other end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, DeMontis, baby. God, I love Domo right now so much. Uh, I think Kings fans feeling pretty good about the way that that trade has looked. He's actually got like the 15th most assists in the league over the last uh, 10 games or so. Not Going even further back than the six that you're talking about, where he's just filling up every single uh, category. You, you just take the PRA um, and, and know that he's either getting, you know, 20 points and, and like 11 boards, which means he's going to continue to get those assists, or he's getting, you know, a few less points and and attack on a few more assists, but he's getting the ball in the post and they're playing off of him, whether he's picking rolling with De'Aaron Fox or uh, doing sort of a dribble handoff with De'Aaron Fox as well. It, it all looks really, really good with both these lefties playing together. So I'll take all of the, the stats for, for Domas uh, each and every time for sure. I'm going to uh, close things out here with uh, something that might be a little surprised for you, Nate, but Jason Tatum going under 28 and a half points. Um, he hasn't done that against the Suns. We talk about this being uh, an opportunity for the, for the, uh, to pick against the Celtics, um, which doesn't happen very often, so you might as well try to try to do it when you can. Um, but uh, you know, in his last, I don't know, ever against the Suns, uh, he's never had twenty eight more than twenty six points scored against them. He he does board up. I'm not really gonna focus on those peripherals. Um, but you know, the, the way that the Suns play defense also just lends itself to being able to stop Tatum. They limit threes to an extremely well, you know, third best in the league. Um, in terms of either small forwards or power forwards, this is the strength of their defense and, ha and their team and has been for the last two to three seasons with like just a bevy of defensive wings that all stand six, seven to six, 10, right? Uh, hopefully Tory Craig plays tonight to help out my prediction here, because if he does, I feel a lot better about it, but they're second best, whether it's small forward or power forward, they're second best in limiting points, rebounds, assists to all those guys. Um, so I, you know, if Tatum's going to be at 28 and a half because it's Jason Tatum tonight, I'm going to feel a little bit better about going under it's minus one Oh five. It's pretty much even money to get him under 29 points tonight, as opposed to minus one twenty-five uh, for him to get 29 or more so i would just take the juice on that knowing that there's there's probably some defense to be played tonight in a game that we also like the under wow josh trying to get extra sharp here uh i mean good luck everything i know about tatum the last few years in terms of trying to project that into how what's going to happen this year like oh miami shuts him down then he has 49 um he is just on he, he's on an mvp pace i mean he's Top three, any way you slice it, uh, I, I'm not going to bet against him regardless of the matchup. But if he does go under, maybe this is the spot. Uh, Mikel Bridges and company, pretty tough. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I would have a hard time feeling great about it. <laughs>
there aren't many teams that I would be making this pick against, I assure you. Um, but this is the position that they that they you know hold uh, better than any other for the for the Suns. And if you like an under in this one, then you know it seems likely that he would get under thirty for for that to happen. So. Either way, we'll uh, we'll see how this one goes tonight. That is all the time we have for you. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the other couple game videos we have up for you tonight. Until we see you next, happy betting. Yeah.